Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition, and this is going to be a Cosmic Queries grab bag. I love those because they go everywhere, and we're responding to your depths of curiosity out there. We're going to do three segments. In the first segment, we're going to do Cosmic Queries. In the second segment, more Cosmic Queries. And in the third segment, even more. And I got with me my co-host, Chuck Nice. Chuck. Hey, Neil. Uh, good to have you there. All right. Professional uh-huh. comedian. And I got a former professional soccer player in the guise of Gary O'Reilly. Gary, I Hi, feel Neil. privileged to have you have access to you. I, Just I pr- feel the reciprocal feelings. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And we said in previous episodes, you, there's a wiki page where your yes. legs are on full display. Oh, my and, God. And, and Chuck couldn't stop talking about I feel it. Feel like Betty Grable. <laughs> go, go, for our listeners, Google that because it's going to go probably way over your head. But there you go. <laughs> and you know, I I think I'm pretty good with grab bag cosmic queries, but I know someone out there who's better. We all do. He's beloved, a friend of Star Talk, my friend, my colleague, Charles Liu. Charles. <sighs> Hello, Neil. It's a pleasure. And Chuck and Gary, great to see you guys again. Thank you so much. Because whatever I know, you know more of it. That's what I, that's why. I, not at all. It is, Neil, it is evidence that the that the geek spectrum goes infinite in each direction. Okay. Wherever you are in it, there's someone geekier than you and arms reach away. And that's what we've got right here. I would just like to think that we complete each other. Oh, that's right. Don't sweet. know. That's I can supplement sweet. and vice versa. That's wow. we're a team, dude. Yeah, that's well, nice. we're recording this right in the middle of the Olympics, and finally, finally, track and field kicked in. Mm. So, um, Chuck, are you on top of that? 
Yes, absolutely. The uh, the Olympics. I'm uh, I'm watching none of it. How <laughs> 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 oh, is that possible? How can you avoid? Okay, Charles. Now, okay, I'm, I asked the I'm wrong go- person. Charles, I'm going to be very honest. I do over. I, I can't find it. I can't find it anywhere. I'm serious. Really? Do over, Charles. How have you been yes. doing with the Olympics? Oh, I have been following it. I've been watching some stuff, and I confess that I was staying up till all hours once or twice this past week, just checking things out live because somehow there is a difference between watching something happen in real time compared with watching it packaged in prime time. All right, so Gary, Chuck, yes. you, got the, you got the questions out there, so let's see what we've got. And all are right. all these from Patreon? Yes, they are. Um, I'll start off, Chuck, um, follow up with the next one. Jay Maggi, here we go. Is oxygen deprivation a major case with swimmers who train and compete for Olympic gold? What kind of transformation do their bodies go through in being able to push their bodies while getting less oxygen? Okay, mm. Charles, over to you. <laughs> yeah, Charles, let me tighten that question a little bit and ask you: Sure. Um, if are the better for athletes better because they do well with less oxygen, or because they've done something with their physical fitness so that they always have more oxygen available? Ah. Uh, both are kind of, and, and I presume it, it doesn't. Vary. It doesn't focus just on swimmers. Just anybody Correct. with with this it's major muscle performance. And, and, and in fact, there is a method of blood doping where you add oxygen, uh, hemoglobin rich stuff, mm-hmm. into your body. So there's a way to cheat on that too. But oxygenation is a very good question. And wait, wait, wait. Yes, if you add if you add oxygen rich hemoglobin, that's not a separate chemical different from the rest of no. what's in your body. But if you have a higher percentage of hemoglobin in your blood, then you can process oxygen a little bit better. But and then you won't get uh, caught, right? Yes, wow. uh, or supposed mm-hmm. to. Okay. I, I believe they call that the Keith Richards. <laughs> He's still alive. You, still you, take, you train at altitude, Charles. You harvest yes, blood. That's hot, that yes. obviously is able to take in more oxygen. You keep it, knowing that you're performing at sea level, and then you dope with with your yes. own in blood. Fact, um, with your own blood. Tour de France cyclists are in fact uh, yeah. um, infamous for doing this mm. kind of work. And, but, and, uh, and no, no disrespect to people who don't like this guy. One I, of the reasons why that might be about to disrespect him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well. No. 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 I'm, <laughs> no. I'm saying I understand why you may not like him, but. One of the greatest cyclists of all time, because of his uh, the way his he metabolized, uh, he was able to retain oxygen in his blood. Is uh, Lance Armstrong? Well, his doping is now well recorded and legendary. And if he were not doing that, maybe he would not be one of the greatest cyclists of all time. But that's another conversation for another time. To answer specifically the oxygen. Damn, you just dissed Chuck. Yes. Nice. On I that. know, man. That was just. <laughs> Politely, well, he was polite. Sorry. Wait, Chuck, Charles was polite. That's what I was saying. I said, if you don't like mm-hmm. him, I understand. Charles was polite. Right. Okay. No, no, Which no. had nothing it's, to do with like. Not. It was just the facts of the circumstances. But, okay, go on. Go on, Charles. Yeah. With oxygenation, it's very interesting. For swimmers, for example, very uh, asthmatics, people who have a hard time taking in air sometimes, are told to swim to help them deal with that better. Some of the... Uh, world's greatest swimmers of all time actually have asthma. For example, Amy Van Dyken, who won many gold medals in swimming, uh, was asthmatic. And as a result, uh, for example, the way that she swam, she was able to use her muscles and work her, her body despite the fact 
there was a difficulty in her being able to take in air. So it's a, is it because you force your body and train it to breathe at these regular intervals? So it's, a, it's really a breathing exercise at that level? Not only breathing, yes, but also the ability to do something very effectively, even though you're not intaking more oxygen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what about the sprints, like the 50-meter uh, sprint? They, they don't even come up for air. So no, they yeah, don't. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, Usain, Usain Bolt is so good. He actually held his breath the entire time he was running, just to try and make it fair. <laughs> <laughs> just, to make it, just to make it fair. Can't tell. Can't tell if you're joking or serious. He was still. But, he was uh, still tying his shoes when everyone else began. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Uh, the the people who are doing the 50 meter sprint swims over the 20 ish seconds, where they're working like crazy, they might come up for one breath. That's mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. All right. Keep it going. What else do we have? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Well, we're not going to make you hold your breath for the next question. Well, I got to add something astrophysical here. So Earth's atmosphere didn't always have oxygen. Uh, it was likely carbon dioxide in its very earliest stages. And the whole ecosphere at the time fed on carbon dioxide and, and, and released oxygen as a byproduct. And so we could argue here, I think, Charles, but I think we'd agree the biggest climatic change ever was, was the conversion of our atmosphere from CO2 based to oxygen to have significant Correct. oxygen. The great, the great oxygenation took hundreds of millions of years, and it was the most significant extinction event in the history of life on Earth. Oh, wow. So it, it was like for us uh, what global warming would be. <laughs> cool. Cool. Very possible. Very cool. Except global warming is happening on this time scale oh, of human lifetimes, yeah, yeah. whereas that's Decades. happening to take care of hundreds of millions of years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Way yeah. yeah so oxygen then food. enabled a whole other level and classification of metabolism to take place. It's like that's rocket right. fuel for for for, for macroscopic life. animals. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. But, but that took it took forever to evolve that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and everything that didn't evolve that. Died. Very, there it is. Okay. Mm. Uh, give me another question. Give me another one. All right. Here we go. This is uh, Michael DeCola. Mm -hmm. And he says, hey, guys, which sport of all sports, in your scientific opinions, requires the highest level of eye-hand coordination and why? Baseball, Ooh. hockey, tennis, badminton, ping pong? Oh, I love it. Uh, let's get to that. We got to take a quick break. Oh. Um, when we come back, we're going to fight over who thinks, mm. well, clearly in soccer, there's no hand-eye coordination because they don't use their hands. No. So, <laughs> so you're out of, Old you're not in this, con you're not in this conversation. Keepers. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm in this conversation, but it doesn't have to be about soccer or Okay, oh. when we come back, more Star Talk Sports go. Edition Cosmic Quarries with my friend and colleague, Charles Luke. Sleep, grocery shopping, themselves, just a few things working moms seldom have time for. And during tax season, you can add taxes to their list. So for all you working moms, make the easy switch to H&R Block and have an expert make easy work of your taxes. H&R Block guarantees your taxes are 100% accurate and your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even have an H&R Block Tax Pro do your taxes in a block office or online from the comfort of your own home. Can your current tax guy promise all that? 
When you're buried under life's to-dos, let the experts at H&R Block stay on top of your taxes with a return that's right on the money and your biggest refund possible. Because tax season after tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Descriptions of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. We're back. Star Talk Cosmic Queries. Grab bag. All Cosmic Queries all the time. On, on this, in this episode, I got Charles Liu with me. He's an astrophysicist with the City University of New York. And I've known this guy for 20-something years. And yeah. wh- wherever I am on the geek spectrum, he's beyond it. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's multiple steps beyond. So that's why we it have him here. It is a synergistic relationship. All right. And we, we, we work, work <laughs> with one another. Thank you. As you said in the first segment, we complete one another, maybe. That's what it is. Uh, and Chuck, Chuck Nice and Gary O'Reilly, let's do this. Okay, right. so what was that next question? Uh, uh, when we last, uh, when, before we left, Michael DeCola wanted to know which sport of all sports, in your scientific opinions, requires the highest level of hand-eye coordination and why? I'm going to vote real quick. And I would, I would not have had this answer except for the Olympics I saw two days ago. And I have to say table tennis because, <laughs> oh, my gosh, what the hell are they doing? How are they ma- How it is happening? And I can't even follow it. I'm dizzy just looking at them, and they're actually playing the game. So I vote for table tennis, hand-eye coordination. I agree that that is very impressive but my watching has led me to believe the thing that's even more crazy and even harder is fencing wow i cannot tell when people score i just can't see the blade it it is funny where they just sort of remove the mask and cheer and say what the hell just happened (laughs) they move so fast and and we should also qualify right neil 
uh, and Gary, I know you're mm. about to say something about this too. Um, there are many different versions of hand-eye coordination. There's the whole hand, like in fencing. There's individual finger craft, right? There's the ability to move the arm in general. Uh, it's a very complex system. So the term hand-eye coordination is very complicated, and there could be many correct answers to this mm -hmm. question. And for me, I, I kind of like the triple play in baseball. That requires very high hand-eye speed coordination and, and accuracy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, the ping pong, my, my head is still bouncing back and forth from three days ago, <laughs> matches that I saw. Uh, so who else? So Gary. Okay, so uh, um, it's it's a non -Olympic... You don't get a vote here because soccer... No, I have a non-scientific opinion, so I'm kind of just... I'm, I'm running for fun, <laughs> as it were. Um, okay. So it's a non-Olympic sport, but I have to push forward Formula One racing. To be able to travel at oh. 200 miles an hour, coordinate everything in your ears that's coming from your team to assess intuitively the situation of your car on the road at those speeds whilst driving, I would push that forward. But there's an argument for and against, I'm sure. Okay, my, my argument against that is everybody's going 200 miles an hour. Right. So, and, so and the car is helping a little bit. It's not going in a straight line. That's the thing with Formula One. It doesn't go in a straight line. You've got a very, oh, very different You have to track. steer. That's, that's true. Right. You, you do you have, have to steer. Chuck, how about you? Well, I, I tell you, man, I'm confused now because ping pong is a blurringly fast sport where you can't even follow the ball and they're like the way they're... And I don't know how they create that much force to slam that little teeny ball that doesn't even, I can't even throw it. And they are, <laughs> and they're smashing it so that it travels for, but then fencing is so incredible the way they're moving these foils in such a way that they're blocking each other and you can't even see it. And they're saying things like, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. <laughs> Prepare to die. <laughs> I think they should replace fencing with um, lightsabers. All right, there it is. I'm, now I'm watching all the time. Olympics or not. Yeah. That'd be the, the future of, of, of fencing. Lightsaber fighting in Star Wars is much more like the style of playing kendo which is a, a sword fighting technique. Oh, yes, I like kendo. Fencing. Yes, I know kendo. Kendo so is great, it, it, yes. A kendo may well be... You use a, a cane. An you use like... like uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sticks. Yeah, sticks, that basically. That represent right. swords, yes. Right. So right. instead of like cutting you in half with them, you just wind yeah, up Yeah, you just each end other. up with a knot on your head like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're heavily armored, yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know when Formula One's going to become an Olympic sport. All right, that, so what do you guys think about baseball? Baseball... Baseball triple play is tremendously yeah. difficult. Very hard for uh, the hand-eye coordination. A pitcher's got to throw the ball at 100 miles an hour and land and it then a, the in a box. Gotta take, right? Yeah, in a little tiny box, and then the batter's got to you know make sure that uh, you're taking a little stick and hitting this ball that's coming towards you at 100 miles an hour. Very complicated. Yeah, yeah. So really, every sport has a case to make mm -hmm. for what is the most difficult hand-eye coordination. I don't think we can arrive today on a truly... It's just not soccer because they don't use their hands. That's all I'm saying. What is it with soccer and you? <laughs> keepers. What's your problem? <laughs> I, I love you, yeah. but in this case... I love you, but no, not that I got much. For, I got nothing for you. <laughs> Next question. What do you got? All right. What, what, here we go. Next question's up, and it's Violeta, and it's broke down frenetically for us, and my mum, Izzy. They're back. Uh, we know oh, Violetta. Violetta. We know Violetta. Right. So now... Hey, is she okay, still 11? No, no, no. Here, here we go. Breaking news. <laughs> I am finally 13 years of age. She's a teenager. Yeah, so, she's and a I am writing to you from Woo! DC. Yeah, and here we go. Yeah. Right down <laughs> our lane. 
What are the weirdest sports to ever officially be part of the Olympic Games, past or present? And why, though? So has anyone got... I, 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 mean, I got a vote. I, I, I got a vote here. You go first. I got a vote here. So it has to be the tug of war, which was <laughs> in the first few Olympics. And they said, no, this is we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> like, wow. So that was just kind of weird, right? The tug of war. So the rule was, as I understand it, everybody in the tug of war had to have a common... Um, uh, a profession, yeah. and they have to dress in whatever it is that that profession required of them so that it was a unit. It wasn't just random people from your country. So it would be like all police officers or fire people or whatever. And so, <laughs> so it turned out the Brits kept winning it because they put their bobbies in it, you know, the police. And they have these long boots with steel shanks in the, at, at the heel, and so once they dug in their heels, you can't unpull that. And so they were winning every time, and they just they just gave up in the tug of war. So we broke wow. we broke the sport of tug of war. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, so tug of war. That was kind of weird. Well, that's an equipment technology issue. Yeah. Yes, yes. They may, they probably could have gotten around that, but that was kind of weird. And I would say the one of the weirdest sports we still have, not including all the really weird ones, just traditionally weird, the triple jump. I I can't. Get around that one. Huh? I'm sorry. All right, that's no, got a, that's got okay. so that's much physics in it. I mean, let's for not me, just let's let's not just jump once. Let's jump three times. There you yeah, go. Oh, wait, first hop first, and then it's like wait, and who, then skip, and then jump. Skip. Yeah. Who, it's who, a happy who? it's a happy event. You get to skip. In, you get to skip in the middle. All right. So my okay, that's my vote. All right, my oh, Gary, my yeah. obviously as I've said already, non scientific is speed walking. Oh, that I, I, you know, I get walking around, but walking like that, um, you know, to all the athletes. So it's like go as fast as you can, just don't run. Just right. go as fast as you can and look almost as ridiculous as you can doing it. <laughs> um, to, to, with respect to every speed walker, uh, respect. Nobody to looks good speed walking. Nobody looks yeah, good. I, speed I don't walking. get it. But, but walking is cool because the rule that you have to have one foot on the ground at all times mm. is a fascinating physical requirement. But that's not why they look weird. Quick. Right. They look weird because... the is. No, that's no, no, no. They look weird because the leg that's coming under your body has to have a locked knee. Yeah. The, the, so you... That, so, that's it. Yes, yes. So as the, oh. you, put the, you put down your foot in front of you, as your body passes over that foot, your leg has to be straight. And so, otherwise, you ever see the, the posters keep on trucking? You could, you could, tr you could yeah. truck faster than you can speed walk, if because you're not limited yeah, by yeah, the yeah, leg yeah. going straight under your body. And so, it's the straightening of the leg that shifts the hips up and down and gives you that jiggle, wiggle, waggle walk that that they've got. It just looks painful. Wow. So, Chuck, how about you? What like, sport is the weirdest? Uh, very quickly, uh, ribbon dancing. What the hell? <laughs> oh. No, we still yeah, have that. Rhythmic gymnastics. Rhythmic gymnastics. N no, with the ribbon. Yeah, yeah same yeah, thing. The ribbon yeah, was yeah. only one event. There's also the little ball that you could dance with. Yes, that too. Oh, that oh, goes oh, in with yeah, the yeah, ribbon yeah, dancing yeah. for me. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Rhythmic gymnastics. Stop it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> just stop. I think it's cool. Yeah, just stop, stop it with your stupid <laughs> ball and your dumb ribbon. I like what you say. Just stop. Yes. Stop it. Stop. No. And, no. I love Take your ribbon and wrap a gift and take your ball and go to the beach. <laughs> and leave it out of the damn Olympics. And leave it out of the Olympics. Oh, no love for the rhythmic gymnastics, Charles. I love rhythmic gymnastics. I got one more, one more thing. Mm. It's not weird, but I have to confess my uh, urban ignorance. So I think I was 
maybe 20, like embarrassingly, uh, probably a little younger, but still embarrassingly old, the day I learned that the in water polo, <laughs> you're never touching the ground. Never to touch the bottom of the pool. Right, because it's like seven, eight, nine feet down. And I said, yeah. what? And so, I, so I, I, don't know that the, I don't know if that counts as a sport that is weird, but I thought it was weird that they had to swim the entire time. I said, who would do that? <laughs> I guess that makes it harder. Yeah. If you're yeah. just trying to throw the, the ball. Physical fitness of, yeah. Yeah, the, that's, the physical fitness of water polo uh, athletes, uh, just pretty amazing. I think, I think it's an uncelebrated fact about what they do and how and why they do it. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, let's get one more. All right. Before we um, take our next break. Okay. Go ahead. Kaylee, Kaylee Sell. Um, hi, Chuck. Hi, everybody. Are there very many participants in the sports world working directly with scientists in the pursuit to figure out, it's a long question, by the way, um, pull up a chair, out of just <laughs> how durable the human body can be and what these athletes can accomplish? I've heard people saying we should have at least one perfectly average person competing against the world's best in the Olympics. So can we have some frame of reference and a laugh? So basically, wow. Chuck, so basically, Chuck, this is what Kaylee Sell is saying. How much would they need to pay you, Chuck, right, to do gymnastics next to Simone Biles? And what is the statistical <laughs> likelihood you would survive to do another Star Talk episode? <laughs> oh, that's the rewording of the question. Yeah. We will find out when we come back whether Chuck should be in the Olympics <laughs> so we can all laugh at him relative to everybody else on Star Talk. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Big thank yous and a Patreon shout-out. Go to Courtney Miller, Victor Beaton, Charles Anglesey, and Rudy Amaya. Hey, guys, without you, we could not make this show. So thank you for your support. And anyone else who would like their very own Patreon shout-out, please go to patreon.com slash Radio and support us. back for our third and final segment of Star Talk Sports Edition, Cosmic Queries, Grab Bag Edition. I got Charles Liu. Charles, how do we find you on the internet? Uh, I tweet at Chuck Liu, C-H-U-C-K-L-I-U. All right. And generally just find me around. Just, yeah, okay, fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> just, just open turn, some doors. There he just is. Just turn on the internet <laughs> and you'll find Chuck Liu. <laughs> so we left off. I forgot. Was this question directed to Charles Liu or Chuck Nice? This is a Chuck who, Nice about question. the average person we want to see perform. Right. So they want to see just how good the best in the world actually are by putting what they are. This is Kaylee Sell, by the way. She is saying, right, how much do we need to pay Chuck to do gymnastics <laughs> next to Simone Biles? <laughs> And okay. what is the statistical likelihood you would survive? That Chuck to will do, break. Yeah, that we will just completely trash. Chuck no, I, I like the idea that we get a reminder of what is average. I, yeah, that's a base that's level. A, that's a facet. So instead of the world record line on the pool, there yeah. should be the Chuck Nice line. You know, moving <laughs> to where Chuck <laughs> right. Nice would be. <laughs> yeah, which by the way would be a kiddie pool. <laughs> I know, but what it does, I mean, spinning that one eighty, what it does is make you realize just how good these athletes are. And when you say elite, I think in some instances it doesn't do them justice. Well, right, so if, but I have to, if I ever swam against an Olympic, uh, uh, in an Olympic meet, uh, the other swimmers would also have to wear swimmies to make it <laughs> even for me. Because I bet you that that would, like, ruin them. Like, actually swimming with swimmies. But, 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 we'll help you out. A swimmies yeah, right. those little inflatable things that are on your yes, arm? Yes, they go on your arms. Okay, all right. That's what I was wondering. Swimmies. So here's the difference. There are events where you would break if you attempted them, but we all can walk and we know how to run and most of us know how to swim. So I think those are more typical of where you can put an average person in and see where they would yeah. land. I think that would be an interesting... Um, uh, exercise. Making but, Chuck do the, the balance beam or floor exercises <laughs> with Simone now, Biles. Let me just tell you, you could not pay me to do the balance beam <laughs> for two reasons. One, yeah, I, I know I, what they are. I, I actually, and there's two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and I like them both. Exactly. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. That's the end that's, of that joke right there. That's the end of that joke. Okay, so that's all right. And the se and the second thing is that I have a permanent case of the twisties. So no. you know, put Look, them all you have to do is a double pike dismount, and you don't have to twist. That's true. okay. So so here it is, Chuck. I'm going to quote one of your brethren, uh, Stephen Wright. Okay, uh, he that's he good. says, "I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of widths." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. You gotta love that. That was good. That was yeah. good. It's not the fall, it's the landing. There you go. Right, 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 right. All right, let's get another one going here in our third right. and final segment. So what, what else you got? You guys going back and forth? Yeah, yeah. well, this mm -hmm. is Michael Mean. Michael Mean says, Hey, Neil and Charles. Uh, Lucas, my 10-year-old science enthusiast, wishes to know how many gymnasts jump so high during their floor routines. Not how many, but how how, how oh, is how it they do? jump so high? How do? Now, yes. he, he forgot to do. How do mm -hmm. gymnasts uh, jump so high uh, during their floor? He didn't forget to do. You added a word that wasn't there. Okay, which no? How gymnasts jump so high? That's all. Don't be blaming it on the on Michael. Yes. Let me tell you something. Michael didn't write this question the way I told him to. <laughs> Plus, what? he should let his ten-year-old ask the question, not himself. No. So we're answering Lucas okay. here, not Michael. Yes, Lucas. Yeah. Okay. An excellent question. And Michael, thank you for phrasing the question for Lucas on Lucas's behalf. The answer is twofold. One is gymnasts have so much muscle power per cubic inch of their body that they're able to launch themselves in very, very effective ways, kind of like a way a basketball player can elevate above the rim. 
But in this instance, it's elevating their whole bodies in unusual. Could it be that they're smaller? Positions. They're smaller. Being smaller helps. It's got to because a flea can jump many times its height, mm. but a that's hippopotamus right. can't. <laughs> that's right. So, so that's that's saying. part of it, right? I mean, imagine but a jumping hippopotamus. Part, that would be amazing. Okay. No. Oh, I would love to see that. Mm -hmm. But the second point, which sometimes people don't know as much, actually, have you seen that, baby hippos? They're the cutest thing. They do jump with our four feet. Okay, go on. Yeah, and they can cut you in half with their mouths. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are they are powerful, powerful. Animals. Yeah, they're all jaw. The, yeah, okay. So go on, go on. The, the, the other part is that a lot of people don't realize that in the floor exercises, there are springs under the floor. Mm -hmm. It is a very small amount of give and elasticity on the floor just uh, in order to allow the athletes to have that extra push and see all the cool things that we get to see when they are performing their acts. So that means yeah. the energy that they give themselves by jumping high when they hit the, the the pad again that energy goes into the spring and goes back to them and it's not absorbed by anything yeah. so that so there's no dissipation of the jumping energy inelastic you end up you uh, burning up the energy uh losing the energy to some uh, friction i guess or or, Correct. or or heat now apparently somebody wasn't content with the floor exercises and they introduced the trampoline to the olympics oh. okay <laughs> we wow. need more springs that is an amazing, we're not jumping high enough sport. right yeah. right this guy's going 30 feet in the air uh, uh beautiful watch. fascinating Okay, keep keep it coming. Give me some more. All right, we, um, we thank must, you, Lucas, ten year old yeah, Lucas. Uh, we're going to fit mm -hmm. one in, which kind of seems off topic, but I think we'll find a way to make this work. Josh has asked, "What fields? Because a physics graduate work in minus teaching. I wish to switch my degree to physics, but I am worried about the lack of job prospects." Well, we are a science sports show, so Charles, do we have the answer here? <laughs> We wait, he's do. asking what if he's majors in physics? Is there a job? Yeah. You know, so, wait. So the yeah. thing is, so he's th he's looking in, in the in the want ads or mm -hmm. whatever they are today, and say physics is needed. Yeah. that's not how this works. Right. Oh no! Yeah, yeah Charles, this take works. this take this from me. Go. Yeah, and by um, the way, we're not indeed.com. <laughs> 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 Regrettably, we may not have the job to offer. <laughs> yeah, but let me provide encouragement. Uh, as Neil was alluding to, physics is essentially the understanding of how the world and the universe work. My undergraduate so, degree is in physics. Yeah, I have an undergraduate degree in physics as well, mm -hmm. uh, in addition to astronomy and astrophysics. The point is that most people would love to hire a physicist for doing something other than teaching. For example, helping athletes be more effective in their athletic behavior because they know the physics of the human body, the physics of the equipment, the physics of the venue. What you need to do in order to take advantage of those opportunities in the world after you've attained a physics degree is to love what you do. Loving the physics and understanding what's happening allows you to extend yourself into different areas of the world, which you might not have thought of was physics. And in the, in the, process or literally change how those fields work and and uh, and i may add because uh, charles and i comp complement each other uh yes. no no uh, because charles and i complete each other let me add <laughs> that physics is not so much a body of knowledge as it is insight into the operations of nature so employers who know that do very well 
And you know who, who are among them? Uh, Google has hired physicists. My wife has a PhD in mathematical physics and was hired by Michael Bloomberg when he began his entire financial empire. She, when she was hired in, there, he had only a, less than 100 employees. And he himself has degrees in math and physics. And when he became the youngest partner ever at Solomon Brothers, his mother said, but you're not using your physics degree. And then when he left with $30 million and founded a company, a tech uh, infotech company, but you're not using your physics degree. Then he becomes a multi-billionaire. Then he runs a, you're not using your physics degree. The fact is he was using his physics degree every step of the oh, way. Oh, that's right. So shut up, Mom. <laughs> no, no, never tell Mom to shut up. He can't chuck say, him because he's a comedian. He's allowed to say that. Right. <laughs> okay. But, but the realization, yes, if you want to switch to physics because you really love it and you want to study the way the universe works, do it. And you will find the employment opportunities there opening up for you. Wait, wait, and if you're really just into just the physics for the physics sake, then you then you can be a physicist and be a, a research professor somewhere. But if you don't want to teach and you don't want to do that, 99 other places will do it, will, will take you because you will see the world the way others do not as a juxtaposition of matter, motion, and energy. In fact, Charles and I are co-authors on a book published in the year 2000, which is basically about astronomy and the universe. In the <laughs> However, the content was organized by the physics principles of matter, motion, and energy. And that was sort of an innovative way to think about information and knowledge and how it works to bring us the world that we know and understand and love. One universe at home in the cosmos. Yeah. Time for like one more question. We got more another question right. there. Peter Go Jacobs. Okay, can we do the Java one? Do the Java one. That's a fast easy. All right. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Ah. This is from Roman Prekop. Is there any technology which could make, i.e. javelins, fly further? I think, Charles, you've got this. We may have touched you, on this before. No, no, I, I got this. I got this. All it's right. called rockets. There you go. Put a rocket on it. There you go. Low-hanging fruit has been picked. <laughs> what, what is a rocket but a javelin with a rocket on it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. So, Charles, that's didn't right. they already do this? Because the Japanese, well, they did the opposite of this. No, no, no. What did they so do? They moved the center of gravity by there's a weight, so they moved it further back, and so that actually made the javelin throw go less distance. But there was that's some because because the, so the, the the space in the stadium they couldn't no. contain the thrown javelin in the stadium so, without risking killing someone on the facing stand. Can you imagine that, someone in the, in the 5,000? We only lost, we only lost four fans. Yeah. <laughs> and, and an athlete in the 5,000 meters that was taking the bend. Oh, that happened to be running by. Yeah. You know, it's so. Yeah, imagine how, how that explained was, in that one. There was yeah. also, Charles, wasn't there some sort of feathering on the tail of the javelin as well that they were using to yes. make it fly? So can we explain that as well? That's right. Well, Aerodynamically speaking, when you have something in the tail of an object moving, it helps stabilize the motion and create a better trajectory. And what we always want to do when we're trying to throw things that are not round, or even round to some extent, is to try to make sure it doesn't wobble or make too many changes in its profile to the air as it moves through the air. Because that'll, that'll bring that up more air resistance. Aerodynamic and effective. That would create more That's air right. resistance, I uh, see. The, the fletching creates, yeah, a, a little bit of air resistance by existing, but what it does is, is it makes the net air resistance of the entire system much smaller. Cool. So, so this is why, to just go off sport here, uh, this is why you can throw a spiral uh, football farther than throwing it in any other sort of 
uh, kind of trajectory, right? A spiral right. goes farther because it maintains the same. What? How did you call it? Profile to the air as it moves as it moves through. Yeah. Okay, very cool. So, so, but so we don't want them to fly farther. That's the point because we want to contain it within the stadium. Well, we can build bigger stadiums, but that's not yeah. cost effective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, I, I, let's do one more. Was there one on, on the Paralympics there? Yes, there was. Uh, this is a question from Peter Jacobs from Queensland, Australia. Shouldn't we allow Paralympic swimmers to wear prothesis? Prothesis? Ooh. Yes. Pr prostheses, mm. yeah. Prostheses, thank you, Neil. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, in my opinion, it would be fine if everyone wore the same kind of prosthetic that would allow them to be performing on a fair level playing field. That's kind of hard to know, right? Paralympic athletes all need different kinds of prosthetics. Uh, and so if you... And that's part of the interesting the challenge of designing the sports and how they right. would be contested. Then, then right. you wind up with a, yeah, a circumstance. And, and really, um, this is philosophical as opposed to physical. But in my opinion, when a Paralympic athlete uh, is performing, that person is whole. That person is not incomplete and needs a prosthetic to complete them. They are who they are. And so competing with that in mind, in that attitude, is, in my opinion, probably much more meaningful in athletic competition than prostheticizing everyone to be sort of a uniform in that way. Damn, right? Chuck Otherwise, you'd be like, deep well, and my, philosophical yeah. and moral. philosophical and moral. Well, think about and, it. Look, no, uh, Chuck, Chuck, not, Chuck, nothing you said has any rebuttal at all. Cause, yeah, because, which is why I can't stand it, because you couldn't, I can't make a joke about it. You can't even make a joke about it. <laughs> because, what am I going to do with that? What you're saying is to say, let's put on a prosthetic, means we have to turn you into us in order to watch you compete. And that's just wrong. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, wow. Chuck. It's not necessary. What an, I mean, Charles, what an answer. Charles, what an answer. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that, that is really good. Damn, and of course, uh, if you want to uh, cross over to one of our other postings, we interviewed the archer for the Paralympics who does not have hands. Yes. And we the armless archer he... is Matt Studsman, Neil. Matt, yeah, we had we had him on Star Talk, and and that was quite a show. Yep. And he, and he was sitting there all proud, and how how he can you know uh, pull the bow, and he's got a family, and he works on his Corvette in his garage, and wow. so. So, so, Charles, that's a beautiful note to end on. Thank you for uh, Thank digging you. into that uh, bit of uh, social, cultural, um, what shall we call that? Uh, a, a sense of who we are and a sense of what yeah. society can and should be. Yeah. And you heard it here on Star Talk. All right, guys, we're going to call it quits there. Gary, Chuck, Charles, always great to have this, this oh, trinity of the three Pleasure. of you. Um, working with me on this show. This has been Star Talk Sports Edition Cosmic Queries Grab Bag. And I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, your personal astrophysicist, bidding you, as always, to keep looking up. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.